Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a couple of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like bacon, steaks, and cheese. It's Philadelphia, Boeing shielding the cut, kicking it cooler than two penguins. Till Bo's old arch nemesis, Greg Cosell, shows up and it gets real. Pull up a branch and chill, it's time to get ill with some Birds with Friends. The early bird skips the worm and prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo Wolf and Coming at you with stats and things, flapping their wings. Now I'm gonna have the rest of my life with these kids. Wow. Get, we gotta get that in a drop uh, immediately. Let's edit that one out. That didn't come out quite There's no editing. No, no editing yeah, on this that's podcast. That's the wonderful Birds with Friends. No editing. <laughs> it is 9.41 p.m. on Sunday, September 8th, 2019. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman coming to you from uh, one of the radio booths here at Lincoln Financial Field. We've got a live studio audience, the lovely uh, men and women who are cleaning up the trash from Lincoln Financial Field. And a reminder to you, if you uh, are a, a spectator and you come to the game, clean up after yourself, you know? Agree. Put your, put your trash in the, in the receptacles yourself. Agree. You know? Uh, we are here. And the Eagles uh, get blown out in the first half. 20 to 7, and the season is over, basically, for all intents and purposes. Uh, but then in the second half, they realize that they're playing a bad team. They realize that they are a talented team, and they lay the wood on the hapless Washington something or others. And they win this game 32 to 17, start the season with a bang. It was a tale of two halves, Zach. It was the uh, That's a good expression. Ug- ugliest of times. It was yet. the. Uh, most explosive of times. And, uh, and here we are. The Eagles are 1-0, destined for uh, Super Bowl glory. Do you agree? I don't agree with that. That <laughs> second part, I think it's a little premature to say that. But the way they looked in the second half today, offensively in particular, was exactly what you're looking for. Uh, the big plays, uh, the fact that they ran the ball, they dominated the line of scrimmage in the second half. It, it's, it's straight from, from kind of the formula, if you will. So the first half was ugly. There's no denying that, but the end result is vintage Deshaun Jackson is Carson Wentz looking like the 2017 Carson Wentz on third downs and some other things they need to work on, but I think they'll be all right. I think that uh, this game was in some ways validation of the criticism last year that this team was like sorely missing a deep threat and... Now, there is only one Deshaun Jackson. There, it's not like you can just say, put in a deep threat, and that will solve everything. Like yeah. Deshaun Jackson is himself one of, if not the greatest, uh, sort of deep threats of his time. Yeah, the stats uh, show Not that. even of his time, of all time. The only player now with more 50-plus yard touchdown receptions is Jerry Rice. So literally wow. the best receiver ever. That's crazy. He, he surpassed Randy Moss. With whom he was tied going into the game, they wow. both had twenty nine, and he had two in this game. Yep. So now he's at thirty one, and I think what a good stat. I think Rice is at thirty six, maybe thirty five, thirty six. I have that in my okay. story. Ooh. So that's Uh-oh. that's kind of the. I don't think he's going to hit like it that. this year, but it is conceivable that he could pass him. And it is not just about him; it is about him opening things up for everybody else. You know, guys in the locker room afterwards saying like, "Well, now teams are are like they're going to understand that they have to play two safeties deep, basically at all times, cover two or cover four. Um, and that's going to open things up for everybody else in the running game and, and that stuff. But 
so I, I think that that was uh, one of the takeaways from this game. But you mentioned the Carson Wentz thing, and it you know I don't even talk that much about Carson in my day after. I don't. You didn't. You know. You write about how good he was on third down. I feel like it's maybe a. And we're, I'm leading the podcast with this, but is it maybe underrated how good Carson Wentz was, especially in the second half? The third down part, yes. Uh, I mean, he looked in, on those third downs when he was uh, when he was creating space in the pocket. It seemed like this was sort of the ideal in the second half, sort of the ideal midpoint that you would want as an Eagles fan between 2017 Carson Wentz and a little bit more protection. Yes. For himself. Uh, and that was, it, it worked out beautifully. Yeah. So to your point, he, so he finished 28 of 39 for 313 yards and three touchdowns. A very good day, no matter how you look at it, but, but not like an all-timer, so to speak. Uh, when you look at the third down stats, though, 12 of 13 for 197 yards. Um, three touchdowns. All three touchdowns came on, on third downs. Six of the nine other completions resulted in first downs. And the thing I'll point out, too, is that these weren't, like, easy-to-convert plays. The average distance to go on those conversions was 8.4 yards. And that's what was so uh, unique about their third-down success in, in, uh, in 2017. Actually, that's not true. They were, they, they were shorter than average on third-down uh, in 2017. But they were also, like, historically good on third-and-long. Yes. And, the, and, and Carson bailed them out. I don't want to say Carson bailed him out because Deshaun running deep helps. But there was, I think, a third and 15 where he hit Zach Ertz. For... Yeah, it's rolling, rolling to his left. Beautiful yes. little uh, bullet across his body. Yep. And, and there was a, a similar one to Alshon later. Exactly. Uh, but, you know, to have two third and 10 touchdowns deep, that, that just kills you if you're a defense. Right. And that's what Carson did today. And that's he, he speaks so much about situational football, third downs and red zones. And you're kind of like, oh, well, that's obvious. But then when you look at the numbers, you say, well, this is why it's such an emphasis, because the game literally changed with the way he played on third down. So how would you like to go through this, Mr. Berman? Would you like to go through sort of chronologically, or would you like to take it offense-defense? You're the host. I'm, I'm, I'm literally I'm in the passenger seat. your first regular season postgame yeah. pod, baby. I'm, I'm in the passenger seat here. I will do it however you choose. Okay. Why don't we start with uh, before the game? Some fun. Oh, that's uh, interesting. Okay. Some fun. Is there a before the game discussion? Well, you know the introduction of Deshaun Jackson. Okay. I guess that was fun. The uh, maybe I'll say this. You know what? I think I'm going to give out my grouse. I'm going to give out my Oscar the Grouse garbage person of the week. Okay. Early in the podcast. Okay. Much anticipated for those waiting until the end. Someone who I think. Um, May have gotten the grouse before. I don't remember. Certainly he's deserving of a grouse. Uh, and that's the commissioner, Roger Goodell. Because after, like, the crowd is all hyped up from the player introductions, on the screen comes this Garbanzo Beans NFL 100 video. This, like, you know, self-filating piece of garbage that is at first it opens with joe namath you know what what better bastion of the nfl than joe namath like let's can we can we slip him some drinks and put him on camera again <laughs> then dak prescott is the next guy on the screen this is an it's being streamed at an eagles game and they're doing something about like it's all this all the 
live in all the stadiums in the league. They open with Dak Prescott. The Cowboys aren't even playing until the late window, the 4 o'clock window. So what's like, it's just this, like, pat myself on the back, how great is our league, everybody can, no one, no one in the stadium cares about the league. They care about their teams. Have a, have a pulse. So the Eagles the led in, in time of possession today, 34. The guy's, the guy's a, is, is uh, I was joking there about He's an the, empty suit. Yeah, yeah he's, I mean, He's not an empty suit. He's a, he's a bad man. I'm not saying that either. I'm, look, I'm, I'm more of a major in the majors here, and I, that, that stuff doesn't bother me. Look, it's, it's like 30 seconds of your life. Is it really that big a deal? It's not a big deal. It just goes to show that he's how out of touch he is and with the, with the, the common fan, Zach. The average fan. All he, does is, all he cares about is pleasing the owners, lining their pockets. I don't think that's pleasing the owners, lining their pockets. And patting the league on the back and making – it's all about the shield and protecting the shield. Why don't you, like, make sure that star wide receivers aren't able to just get themselves released off of teams <laughs> and then placed on – the one guy in the league you're scared of crossing. Yeah, I mean that that's a legitimate gripe, but I don't argue with him protecting the shield. I Phony. I, I try to represent the the athletic brand. Phony. <laughs> okay. So the Eagles start out this game. Washington comes down the field on the opening drive, and uh, on about their fifth or sixth play, the first third down of the game. The first play in Andrew Sandejo's Eagles career, boy, does he start with a uh, a real womp. So we're, gets, so we're really going chronologically. Like well, we're we don't going have like play by play here. We don't have to go. <laughs> I'm but, joking. I mean, this is how the I'm game getting, starts. No, I'm is Andrew Sandejo embarrassing himself in front of uh, you know sixty? And it wasn't just Sandejo. We should say that Rodney McLeod was involved in that play, and, and, and so Ronald Darby. Darby was involved in that play. But it was mostly Sandejo. Like if Andrew Sandejo wasn't on the field. The Eagles, would, it wouldn't have been a touchdown for Vernon Davis. Yeah, it was, it was a busted. I mean, it was a I don't even mean, I don't mean if he was, like, replaced by Trey Sullivan. I mean, if they played with eight, with ten players on that play, they would have been better off. I don't think they would have been better off. It probably would have on been. That, the, on that play, they the, would have been better off. The net result would have been the same. No, right? they wouldn't have given up a touchdown. How wouldn't they have given, like, if he's not on the field, there's because literally Because someone no else would have been able to push him out of bounds. <laughs> But then you're substituting someone in, so it's not... No, no, like, I'm saying you don't substitute someone in. Okay. It's just 10 guys. <laughs> All right, in, in this hypothetical you propose, <laughs> you literally take away Sandejo from where he is. Yeah. Therefore, there's no one in No, because spot. then somebody would have been aware of them there okay. being an uncovered guy, and the defense would have rallied to the ball better. <laughs> well, Rodney McLeod and Ronald Darby didn't do much there They did either. not cover themselves in glory either. That being you're said, right. I'm, I'm not... I'm certainly not staking my uh, defense of Andrew Sandejo here. So, uh, yeah, I concur. Okay. Well, uh, so Washington starts uh, with an easy touchdown, although you could convince yourself it was sort of fluky. Mm-hmm. The Eagles come out, get a first down, and then uh, a, a penalty on Deshaun Jackson puts them behind the sticks and ends that drive. I thought I, I thought a uh, a bit of an unfair penalty on Deshaun because he was not the instigator, but that is always how it goes, I guess. Yeah, I mean Deshaun shouldn't have done that. <laughs> that's that's the reality. His teammates said to him, "Chill out." Yeah, and Deshaun's like, "I just had to get it out of my system." Basically. Yeah, I respect that. So I respect that. <laughs> I mean, I don't. It, it, it really set them back. <laughs> like, just don't. Yeah, just don't get back. Knew. You know, if I'm, it, we talked about this back in 2014 when when Washington came here, we would say, you know, are the Eagles going to try to instigate? Deshaun and Deshaun mm-hmm. had this is like this is an MO with Deshaun. I imagine Quentin Dunbar knew exactly yeah. what he was doing, so it worked out swimmingly for Washington. 
Well, that's debatable. I mean, the Eagles would have had, what, a third and two? Yeah, but maybe it gave him a little extra juice. And it wound up costing them. They, they, lost, they won the battle and lost the war. <laughs> Perhaps. Okay. <laughs> uh, so the Eagles... Uh, so one interesting thing, mm-hmm. among other interesting things, you know, we, we were going to this game. Doug Peterson told us that it was going to likely be Ronald Darby and Sidney Jones yes, I did starting on the outside. Uh, and it turned out to be Rasul Douglas starting at right cornerback and Ronald Darby starting at left cornerback. Uh, where he has not played for the Eagles before, although it is where he played with Buffalo. And Avante Maddox in the slot. Sidney Jones not on the field. A blow to your um, Sidney Jones gassing up. Yes. I mean, I, I, I would like apologize. I will apologize to our readers and, and listeners. This was a tough day for some of your gas-ups. Although Doug Peterson literally said, <laughs> like, he said, yeah. Do you think that that was gamesmanship? Do you think that it was a lie? Or do you think that it was just something changed in the, in the course of the week? Or do you think, or, or do you think uh, it was him speaking what he thought was right, but Jim, <laughs> yeah. but Jim Schwartz just had different ideas. Yeah, I, I think And it was he's that. not even, even that privy to the defensive game plan. Well, I think he's privy to the defensive game plan, but I think it was more, I think he was speaking, but then Schwartz had Well, it's interesting ideas. because they, I mean, you know, you go through all of training camp, all of preseason, with like different kinds of looks, and that's a look that we never saw. So, so it's interesting. When I asked Jim Schwartz on Thursday, about how they're going to get Rasul Douglas time when Doug mm-hmm. said it's going to be Jones and Darby. And Schwartz was kind of looking at me quizzically when I was asking this. And, and then he responded, I'm not going to give away our, our game plan. Mm-hmm. You'll find out at the same time as, as Washington. And I thought he was looking at me quizzically because it's like, wait, You're Doug's an odd-looking fellow? Well, maybe that. <laughs> but No, I, I, I thought it was, it was, it was more like um, – Wait, why right. did Doug tell you that? Right. It might have just been like, Doug doesn't know what we're doing. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. like, why, would, why would Doug say right. that if that's not what we're doing? Right. Yeah, so, so maybe I, I read the wrong Bible. But, I mean, we, we questioned their, their um, saying that, uh, you know, they were going to be able to get everybody time, and they did end up getting everybody time, whether that was the plan or not, because Avante Maddox went left uh, the game briefly with a cramp, and at that point, Sidney Jones came in and covered the slot. And then uh, after Rasul Douglas gave up a long touchdown pass to Terry McLaurin, and listen, this is sort of what I was trying to tell you throughout the summer when everybody was talking about how great of a camp Rasul Douglas was having. Mm-hmm. I was saying he was around the ball a lot, but he was also the one who got beat deep consistently. Um, and, you know, maybe that was because it was Deshaun Jackson, but that Terry McLaurin is not Deshaun Jackson. Uh, and so yeah, it, but, but, but he is fast. And, and look, fast, and, and the knock... And, that's and the, the knock, knock on, on Douglas right. coming out was was deep speed. Correct. Um, I specifically recall asking Howie Roseman about that when they drafted him. And that's not the uh, – I mean, there's no defensive coordinator that wants to give up long touchdown passes, but I think especially Jim Schwartz uh, wants to have a little bend-but-don't-break thing going on. Uh, so at the start of the second half, Sidney Jones comes out and gets the uh, call at right cornerback while Darby stays at left cornerback and, uh, I mean – this was not the reason why, but the defense was certainly better in the second half. Yes, that wasn't the reason why. Defense <laughs> was. I mean, Sydney got beat deep too. Yeah, and and Case also also by Terry McLaurin. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the throw wasn't there. What a so. good senior bowl! You were down there. You he did have a good bowl. senior bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought so too. He he um, he's one of those guys where uh, the 
eye test for me was at odds with uh, everything I believe in about like the the stats that matter because he was a fourth year senior who did not have any college production, but I thought that he looked very good. Yeah, but that's also like Ohio State's offense traditionally. Has, the college has, football guy over here. Yeah, I, I mean their receiver. They play their receivers differently than they do in the NFL. Like look at, at Michael Thomas, what what, okay. he, what what he did when he got to the Saints. Um, so it's it's you take it with a grain of salt. I I, I thought. I thought Paris Campbell was going to be the, the Ohio State receiver who really busted mm-hmm. out in the NFL, but that's that's neither here nor there. Uh, the Eagles. Speaking of college football, what uh, just by means of checking in, what happened with UCLA? UCLA, UCLA they lost to San Diego State, didn't they? They lost to San Diego State. I, I, I believe that's what happened. Correct? Was it on the road? Um, no, I don't believe so. That it was at home. <laughs> I believe so. They lost to San Diego State at home. I believe Is San so. Diego State good? Were they favored? Were they favored? I. I I don't know what the point spread was going into that game. I, I didn't bet it, but San Diego State won twenty three to fourteen. Twenty three to fourteen. Yeah, and, and look, I mean, I just want to say fourteen for the record points at home. I did get a few tweets for the about Bruins. This. I never defended, and, and, and you can go back and listen. I didn't never we decide defended. that we were going to make a bet on the point spread of every UCLA game, and I would just bet against them. Did we? Decide I think that? we decided that. I got to go back, but I, I think I, I won this one. I never said like ship's going to do great at UCLA. Although I, I'm not so sure you didn't say that. What I said was that he wasn't a bad coach when he was here. That's what I said, and I stand I by you, that. I think you said a lot. Has, I think you said a lot of things. Look, we have loyal listeners that I met last week at at Pistoles del Sur, and you and, you know that they said that they love this. <laughs> and uh, I think that they're listening to us here because they want us to review and discuss. This we've 32, got a lot to, to get to. We can't game. make detours along the way. Okay, fair enough. So, your Chip Kelly detour, yeah, Chip Kelly, his program's not looking good right now. <laughs> 0 2, losing to San Diego State. Um, At home. Just huh? their offensive, 14 points. What their, about that offensive Their offensive production is, is paltry right now. Uh, indefensible, in my opinion. Mm, and that's, that's the meanest thing you've ever said about him. It's. it's well, it's actually very defendable. Matter of fact, <laughs> um, indefensible, but in, yes, but, but very defendable. defendable. Yeah, yeah. That's good. I like that. So you look, I, I've I've given Chip a lot of credit for those who listen to this podcast uh, for winning twenty games in in his first two years here. Uh, he's not going to win twenty games in his first two years at UCLA. Maybe we could do a T shirt where where it just says Chip Kelly, easily defendable. Indefensible, but easily defendable. Yeah. Easily, indefensible, but easily defendable. Zach Berman. <laughs> uh, in any respect, um, okay. That's 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 bad news for the fighting Chip Kelly's. Okay, so the Eagles. Was there anything else in the first half? Like, well, I mean, the Eagles go down seventeen nothing, and then they uh, get a bit of an answer on a yeah, so that, long bomb to Deshaun. So that Jackson. first Deshaun touchdown um, was actually the play was designed to go to Alshon Jeffrey. And Deshaun was running a clear-out route. Uh, so he was essentially like a decoy there. But what happened was the safety pinched down on Jeffrey. Josh Norman followed Deshaun, and, and Carson read it. And Carson actually alerted Deshaun before the play to say, you know, just, just be on alert here in case this happens. And it happened as, as they wanted. Uh, and that one, that's, that's not like it was a defensive breakdown. That's just Deshaun beat you deep. The second touchdown, which we'll get to, that's more of a story of a defensive breakdown. And that's one that they had sort of been exp- – they were planning for that specific exactly. look all week long. Uh, so my, my general take on the first half, um, as the Eagles went in down 20-7, to 7, 
was, you know, we saw we saw a lot of Darren Sproles. We saw a lot of sort of uh, messing around in the backfield with two running back sets with, um, you know, Darren Sproles out wide in either Jordan Howard or Miles Sanders in the backfield and Sproles motioning around. And I'm sure they're setting things up for a look that they want to take advantage of later. Uh, on defense, you know, we saw... Malik Jackson rushing from the outside. We saw uh, Fletcher Cox doing the same thing at times. We saw the mixing and matching of all these different personnel groups in the secondary. And to me, it seemed a little bit like, you know, I asked Doug last week about the toys, and maybe that was an improper uh, word. But it looked to me like both on both sides of the ball, the coaching staff was trying out all these new toys and on the verge of getting a little bit too cute against a team that they should be able to line up and just smash man-to-man. Agree wholeheartedly. Do think they got too cute there. Asked Doug after the game about the use of Darren Sproles, uh, and he said... And now the Sproles thing of all those things ended up working out fine. In the second half, yeah. Yeah. Um, but they did, They still had a third-and-one pitch to Sproles right. that... that like, just that was a bad play call, no matter who was the running back, probably. But, yeah, I mean, maybe they don't call it if it's not Darren He Sproles. said they have different plays designed for each, each running back, and the Sproles plays kind of fit the scheme best today. What surprised me, and I am going to cede defeat here to you and Shiel, um, the first, my kind of introduction to the athletic Philadelphia Eagles coverage grading system for acquisitions was the Darren Sproles acquisition. When we were grading it based on pizza, and uh, and both you and Sheila were kind of in the camp that like this is a bad signing because even though Sproles does all these things, Doug just can't resist <clears throat> using him. And I was saying, no, they they know what they're getting here. Then they have Miles Sanders, they have Jordan Howard. Those are their guys. Sproles is going to be a punt returner and a bit offensive player. And then we're watching training camp, and it's like. Sproles is with the first team all the time. <laughs> and I'm like, well, this is just practice. You know? um, just wait. They're going right. to, they trust, you know, Miles Sanders needs to earn his reps. Jordan right. Howard, this is going to be Jordan Howard. And then first snap today, it's, it's Darren Sproles. And he was I'm, a captain. And I'm like, you know, that's a veteran achievement thing. They're, they're just, <laughs> and then they don't take him off the field. And I'm like, all right. And I turn to you and I'm like, you're right. Doug can't quit Darren Sproles. Now, I do think that. Even if he stays healthy, this is probably the high water mark of his usage. I mean, he he had what twelve? He had twelve touches, twelve offensive touches, which was the same as Sanders. Uh, although I think Sanders got a few extra at the end of the game. Um, it was it was too much Sproles in my opinion. But you look at the now, stats: you, nine did, carries, forty-seven yards, five point two yards first per carry. Eagles drive of the game, they threw a pass to Zach Ertz, and you turned to me and said, "Too much Ertz." I gave you that was a nice. That was nice a joke. Done. Yes, yeah, that was yeah, good. That was a joke. You, you, you're in on you're in on the jokes. <laughs> um, it was too much Sproles. I and he didn't hurt them. Um, I just you know, he had the nice play on the two point conversion when he when he stumbled yeah. and then sort of squiggled his way into the end zone. But generally speaking, he's not beating guys. In the open field, and they were like there were the two plays consecutively in third quarter in the third quarter where Sproles had a very nice like seventeen yard run, yep. and it was followed up by a nineteen yard run by Miles Sanders, and it seemed like it took I said this to you it seemed like it took Darren Sproles like six seconds to get seventeen yards, 
and it took Miles Sanders like a second yeah. and a half to get 19 yards. He was like, Agreed. I mean, there's just so much more juice. I agree. Although, you know who their best running back was today? Jordan Howard looked very good today. He did. Now, he did get sort of the... He was their closer. I like the idea. I mean, that's that's sort of the idea of Jordan Howard for them, right? It was sort of the LeGarrette Blunt 2017 role. You, you wear a yeah. defense down in, in the... Fourth quarter, and he can and he can take advantage. But uh, he actually showed a little bit of juice. I thought he, he looked six bad. carries, forty four yards, seven point three yards per carry. And there was a point in I guess this was late second quarter where uh, you know Jordan Howard had I think had like two six yard runs in yeah. a row. He's hard to tackle. He's hard he to runs tackle. hard, and he does he does a good job in between the tackles. And then they and then they called like some dumpy screen pass to Sproles that lost yards, and then they didn't get a, yeah. up a third down. Uh, against the Washington defense that was very bad against the run last year, I thought, and lost they, their best player. That's true. So that factors in as well. Well, they lost their second best player. Their their best player just has decided he's done with the organization. They lost their best player. Their second. They lost Jonathan Allen left. He's yes. maybe their second best player. I think that's debatable. But they're definite. The player who was definitely their best player has just decided this organization is too. Uh, oh, Trent Williams. From okay, top all right. To right. Yes, for him yeah. to ever play for yes, again. fair enough. Yeah. I was thinking the best player on defense. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. Okay, um, but you know, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right about Trent Williams, which is also why the smartest guy in football. Which, well, no, it's also why I don't give a lot of credit to the Eagles' uh, defensive front today. I thought, and I wrote this in the cheat sheet. I, I I was wrong about so much in this game. By the way, I was I was wrong it's about my matchup. We're always going to be. I was wrong. Be wrong. Um, no, but you like to kind of. You know, you're around the team. You're talking to people. Of you course. you like to act like you know what's going on. Well, I mean, on. especially if you're the reigning defending champion of roster <laughs> the, predictions, the, that, the beats. Yes, there that that is you, correct? Um, but here you hear you. I th- I thought the Eagles were going to dominate the line of scrimmage on defense. They did not. They did not. And, and uh, they got a little bit of pressure in the second half when the game was uh, the, the which game is what they're designed to do. Bit. Yeah, right. exactly. But, I mean, against Eric Flowers and Donald Penn, they got very little pressure. Yeah. Yeah, um, I agree. I mean, they did a great job on run defense. As we, That is one thing that I think we expected, and that played out correctly. I think Washington had uh, – uh, is this right? 13 20, carries, 28 yards. 28 total rushing yards. Yeah. 2.2 um, yards a carry. Darius Geist. Which is like over the last uh, – it, it's not fair to really – completely omit a 90-yard touchdown run. Yeah. But if you take that one out from last year's game, the Adrian Peterson long touchdown run, Washington's uh, running game against the Eagles since 2017 is, like, laughably inept. But Case Keenum had 30 for 45 right. for 380 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, like, they, the Eagles made Case Keenum look, uh, look yeah. good. Case Keenum and a, a cadre uh, uh The uh, worst pass catchers in the NFL. Probably. I mean, it may may not turn out to be the case, but it looks that way. Who's worse? Um, what about San Francisco outside of George Kittle? I mean, maybe they they have Dante Pettis, they have Marcus Goodwin. I, I mean, okay. Uh, I mean, I'm not. Yeah. I'm certainly not yeah. gassing up. All right, fair enough. Um, fair enough. No, I mean, that's not fair enough. I just mean, like, it's possible that these guys... My point is, is that if Case Keenum... Yeah, I mean, the secondary was bad. If Case Keenum was putting up 380 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions on you, was sacked once by Tim Jernigan... Yeah. um, That's not good. I mean, I've been talking about Malik Jackson, who left in a walking boot. Yes. And uh, Malik Jackson wasn't doing enough today. 
He didn't Nobody leave until the like, fourth I mean, quarter. Yeah. So F- Fletcher Cox was like edge rushing, as, <laughs> as you pointed out. Uh, with now Fletcher Cox had some good plays. He yeah. looked he looked uh, close to himself. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, and, you know, Derek Barnett led the team with three quarterback hits, but he didn't do enough today. I thought. Uh, I mean, against this this offense, they should have been they should have been better rushing. Yeah. It, I mean, if if we're doing like a Jim Schwartz versus Doug Peterson approval rating thing, mm-hmm. like like who's because last year I, I thought. Like Doug's offense was the problem, yes. you know. Even when 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 that secondary was getting I destroyed, I well, th- they were, I famously uh, was correct in defending them in a uh, flock trial, and we I, we would have been on the same team. There you go. Um, and so I, I I thought I thought today Doug's offense played well, you know, all things considered, and I thought the defense did not play well enough. No, but they did, and this is like. You talk to the guys in the locker room, this is what they would say is like the way that they want to, this is the way they want to play is, is the Eagles get, you know, get a, a big touchdown and then the defense comes out and forces a couple three and outs. I mean, the, the Washington went three and out their first three drives of the second half. Yeah, but look, I mean, we, we talked about scoring defense as, as, yeah. their, as their metric. They gave up 20 points in the first half. I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's the trash. number they're trying to stay that's below this season. Jones, baby. Yeah, so 27 points against Washington. Um, now Atlanta, I was, I was going to say Atlanta's going to look tough next week. Atlanta, you know, crapped the bed. Am I, am I, am I allowed to say crap on the podcast? Yes. Atlanta crapped the bed today. Um, then sorry, they have Detroit. Sorry to our children. And then they have Detroit the following week. Uh, and then the Packers the following week and Green Bay's offense didn't necessarily look mm. like that amazing the other night, but. How about Detroit playing for a tie? In that in that Cardinals game, both and Arizona teams, doing the same, yeah, yeah. Like, where do you? Uh, no, I agree with you there. Weak, um, but uh, yeah. So I was I was going to say when you have Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. Now next the Eagles, week, I believe, have opened up as uh, one point favorites on the road. Is that right? I haven't even looked at Atlanta. Yet. I believe, uh, which is interesting. I would have I would have expected Atlanta to be favored just because it's early season. Home well, Atlanta was horrible today. From yeah. what I, I mean, I I didn't watch a minute of that game. I just right. saw the score, but. Uh, yeah, Kirk Cousins threw for fewer than 100 yards, and they still won. I mean, I, I think, like, like the Falcons didn't have a touchdown until later in the game or something like that, so, yeah. Okay. Um, so, I mean, I agree that, the, in general, the defense yeah. was not good enough today. I mean, they, that was not a good group of offensive weapons they were playing. It was so not a good offense. Are, are, are we at halftime yet? Yeah. All right, oh, can, yeah, you, can you share? Like, I, I, I can't wait yes. to read your day after. I, I don't want you well, to give away your story, but no, you no, kind of okay. tease on... Well, so, I mean, the, the, you know, I was... We, we were talking about this during the game. This was sort of, for an Eagles fan, this was like, the, you know, the full range of emotions. You had the, like, you get to boo the team coming off the field at halftime because they look terrible. You think the season's going to be a waste. Then they come out looking gangbusters in the second half. The offense looks explosive. You're thinking... Uh, you know, what should I do in Miami in February? Um, but there's a lot to do in Miami in February. What yeah. the you know what the guys in the locker room would talk about uh, is, and what they were proud of is is that this team never panicked and they kept sort of an even keel and, and kept. Uh, I, I don't know. I was going to say kept the main thing. The main thing just to just to <laughs> say it again. But um, now that was sort of, that seemed to be that that was sort of the message, like in the locker room, just just you know. This is this game is still very much a game. Deshaun Jackson, uh, maybe somewhat surprisingly, talked to the team and said, uh, "You know, I've been in that locker room. They think this game is over." 
Uh, and then I talked to Zach Brown after the game, and he said, yeah, they were a young team. I knew that they were going to, like, I figured that they would break eventually. Um, and then that, I mean, that's what they came out and did. And so yeah. I think that there is, you know, I, I harp on uh, this team being old in the uh, in the aggregate, but I think there is, I think it's probably fair to say that there is something to be said for Battle tested. Like, battle yeah. tested. Great. Uh, these guys have played with each other for a long time. They've been through games like this, and so they can fall back on knowing that it is like very possible for them to come back and uh, and take agree. this game by by the the wheel. I agree wholeheartedly. You know, experience is the best teacher. So, but certainly there's a you know there's a. You can't just roll out the uh, you know seventy Steelers and no and and I think last year too they they kept kind of they kept waiting to to flip that switch right so to speak. exactly and so you can't you can't necessarily you do can't that. count on it but I I do think that like you know they don't look around and be like whoa we just got punched in the face they're right. they're they're able okay. to rebound right yeah yeah I think that's right so yeah so they came out in that first drive in the second half. Now this dominated was, the line of scrimmage, and they did. And there was a uh, sort of a hidden important part of that drive. And I that, like this, and that was Doug going for it on fourth and you know inches from his own thirty-two. Is that what it was? Yeah, Jimmy Kemsky asked Doug about this, and Jimmy was right. I mean, this was that was a that was an, a very important play in the game. Yeah, Doug said no question, no question, and he's yeah. true. I mean, Carson Wentz has never been stopped. Uh, I guess once he's been stopped, and actually, been... there was something that they were missing from their offense last year too. Yeah, it's true because they didn't want to do it. Protect yeah. him, I know. Uh, and I mean, it is, it's money. Um, and like, so there were like a couple minor things you could complain about Doug's game management today. There was one, uh, point where he took a penalty after the punt instead of just taking the yardage mm-hmm. uh, and that ended up backfiring. And then there was another point at the end of the second half. I think half. he wanted to give Sproles a chance to return. Yeah, um, I know that's what he wanted, but that was Tress really Way just like kicked decision. it out of bounds. Yeah, he yeah. made a good kick. Yeah. Uh, and then in the second quarter, on Washington's drive to get a field goal at the end of the half, Doug had called a timeout on third down, hoping to get the ball back, and that that backfired. Yeah. So there are like my, you know there was always going to be minor things. Did you but, like the fourth down call in the first half? I if, did like the fourth down. Yeah, call I, I didn't half. mind that either. Uh, I like being now aggressive. that what did rear its ugly head is we've seen throughout the summer Carson Wentz has been getting balls knocked down at the mm-hmm. line of scrimmage a healthy amount, uh, and that happened on that fourth down play. I also. We can get to it later, but uh, the decision to go for two when they went up seven in the fourth quarter, making it a two-score game. I like that. I my my gut feeling is that I like it. Uh, I like the idea of going for it, but uh, talking it through with uh, with Coach Flynn, it is it's sort of a toss-up analytically because the downside is that even if you uh, even if you get it with that much time left. Going up two scores incentivizes Washington to play more aggressively, whereas if you just kick the if you get the the eight mm. points, uh, they like the the history is that they they would still sort of think that they're right in the game and uh, get out of their or stick to what their their natural offensive rhythm and like being up eight is way better than being up seven. Uh, but you know maybe you say that Doug is deciding that he likes his chances of getting a two-point conversion better than he likes his chances of stopping a two-point conversion. I'm okay with that one. Though yeah. the ones that are sort of toss-up, I'm okay with betting on your guys. Uh, I like any time you force them to have two scores instead of one. Yeah, so I mean, that, that's obviously I mean, that, that upside. That, is that, I would tell Coach Flynn that, 
Yeah, I'm in favor of well, forcing them to go down the field if twice. If you're, you're calling out Coach Flynn, we're going to have to set up this. No, 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 no. We're going to have to call in. And, no, 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 no. I'm not saying that. I, I just, I'm just. I hope, he comes, I hope he comes at you hard. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not. I'm, don't make this like a mano y mano. I'm not saying that at all. Um, but I was going to say, like, all those things, you, you take those things because the best thing that you can have in terms of game management is a coach who thinks that that fourth and inches from his 32 is a no-brainer and goes for it every time. Like, that's yes. great. That's, Agree. And relative to the rest of the league, he's, like, miles ahead. Agree. Agree. Not Miles Sanders. Yes. Good joke. Um, I'm not even sure I would classify that as a joke. Are, are we at the second touchdown yet? Because I have some contributions for that one. Or are we still on the I'm first I'm happy one? for you to contribute at any point. Well, no, I mean, I, like, is there anything else on that touchdown drive you want to? I know, although that was a beautiful throw from Wentz across his body to Alshon Jeffrey on that, that five-yard touchdown. Agree, very much yeah, so. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah. Go ahead. So the second touchdown, the long touchdown to the Sean, um, the 53-yard. Second one. Yep. Uh, that was one where the Eagles said during the week, if they got Washington in a certain look, uh, in a certain zone coverage with Deshaun in the slot, then they would check at the line to a, to a uh, you know to the route they want Deshaun to run, and that's exactly what happened. Zach Ertz told you, um, among others, yep. uh, that uh, that when Carson checked at Deshaun there, Ertz was like he didn't even know if he still had to run his route because he knew what was going to happen. Right. I mean, he knew and, that yeah. he had to, but he was yeah. like, "What's the um, point?" Yeah. Yeah. So. Deshaun just wide open. Because I phrased the question to Deshaun, like, were you surprised you were that wide open the second time? And he's like, no, not necessarily, because he knew what was going to – he he knew the play. They were waiting for that look. He he went to the back of the zone. As you, astu- as you astutely pointed out, watching it in real time, you could be like Tony Romo as, as a color commentator. You said great job by Carson leading him to the corner. Um, mm. Deshaun catches it. Runs in the end zone, then he somersaults as a celebration. Jay Gruden quoted after the game, saying that it was unacceptable. You know, number ten. You know, you can't lose number ten in coverage. You just can't. And uh, they lost number ten in coverage. So um, that was a play that the Eagles won during the week. It sounds like they they were waiting for that look. I like that. Yes. You feel like we, you said this. You feel like Jay Gruden has sort of just given up. I don't feel like he's given up. Um, he had a fantastic quote yeah. about uh, Adrian Peterson. There's this, you know, all this stuff about Adrian Peterson being deactivated. And I, I can't find the exact one. I have it somewhere. But he said, basically, if we, if we have a game, I mean, just flat out, if we have a game where we expect to run the ball 55 times from the I formation, then maybe Adrian Peterson <laughs> will be active. Like, but uh, no, he had a great quote earlier fantastic. this summer. When before Hard Knocks came out, I don't know, I, I don't know if you saw it. Um, when like Washington and Oakland were two of the teams being discussed, mm. and he's like, uh, and he's like, have um, you know, have the Raiders do it, you know, and, and we'll do it next year or something or something <laughs> like that, or, or no, or, or no. And then the question was, was you know, would you do it next year if you don't make the playoffs? And he's like, right. shit, if we don't make the playoffs, I'm not gonna be here next year. Yeah. Um, and it's, my, I'm sorry, am I, am I allowed to say? Sh- you're allowed, but okay. you know, uh, apologies to our young listeners. I, have, I apologize to our, to our young listeners. 
Um, and I, I just feel like, you know, although I'm curious your opinion on, on this, Bo, because I was talking to some Washington people before the game, and my question is, like, why isn't Haskins starting right now? And they're like, well, Joe's – I'm sorry, they said Jay is coaching for his job. And I'm thinking, well, if you're – what's Jay's best chance right. of – of keeping this job is developing this is like showing, all right, I'm the guy to develop this quarterback. Right. Like this was always, if, well, if, there's two if you watched all or nothing from, um, the 2016 season mm-hmm. when it was, it was Jeff Fisher was the coach and it was actually case Keenum was the quarterback. Right. And like Jared Goff was, was on the sideline and it was just like Jeff Fisher was just keeping this in his back pocket for like, uh, you know, right. So he puts him in week 10. If they go on a run, then it's right, like, but I well, think I, want what, I think that is what he's that's doing. That's the strategy. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, there's two paths. Like, there is the the possibility that they are competitive with Case Keenum, but then he he has the he has the, the card. last ditch yeah. card where like, okay, well, let's it seemed like that's the thing. It's using that's the it seemed that's what Jeff what Jeff Fisher did that year because there was a scene actually with with Mike Grow where um, they're at a game. Mike Grow's in the booth. And Mike Rowe, who's the passing game coordinator, mm-hmm. says something to the effect of, like, at the end of the game, we need to evaluate the quarterback or something like that. Mm-hmm. We need to look at the quarterback. And then it pans to the meeting the next day where Fisher's like, we're sticking with Keenum. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope, I'm, I hope I'm quoting that correctly. But it's been a few years since I watched it. I actually watched that on, on the flight back from my honeymoon, um, I, I remember. Uh, um, and so I remember distinctly where I was when I watched that. But I, rem- I remember that. That's, you don't remember yes. much about their honeymoon, but you remember, remember watching All or Nothing <laughs> on the flight back? Yeah, I remember watching All or Nothing on the flight back. Where'd you go? I, I went overseas. So What yeah. do you mean you went overseas? You can be more specific than that. It's not like anybody's going like, to track you down and go back okay. in time. I went to Asia. So. Where in Asia? I, I I I went to Hong Kong and then I went to a beach. It was it was a nice time. Let's let's stay on the game here. Why can't you give you? You're the one that's getting on Carson Wentz for this for not giving specifics about uh, like which cook is <laughs> is uh, cooking his meals for him. Just tell me the specifics of the places that, you went. No, nah, that I I gave as as specific as um as I'm going here. Okay, um, so let's let's just stay on course here. Okay, let's let's. It's not going to put us off course if you just give a couple. We're at ten. We're at ten twenty-two. I had a great time. I I, I yeah. I had a oh, great this time. This is weird. This is dicey. I feel like I feel like there's something fishy going on here. There's nothing fishy going on here. Let's let's stay on track. Right. Though. Uh, uh, where were we? I don't even remember. We were talking about the Sean's touchdown, and then we were yeah. Okay. We were talking about Jay Gruden. Um, so thereafter, so that put them ahead. That put them ahead twenty one twenty. Yeah, they get another three and out, mm-hmm. and then on the next drive, it's another uh, Alshon, a short Alshon touchdown. A touchdown run. Yeah, technically. Yeah, actually, Carson didn't know after the game that it was. It yeah, wasn't I don't love the. I mean, I know that that's the rule. It's just sort of silly. Yeah, but yeah, uh, what happened on the rest of that drive? Was that the that was the one where he he had the two uh, third down rollouts to his left, right? Yes, correct, correct. Yeah, I mean, he looks good. He looks good, I thought. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. No other thoughts on Carson Wentz? Well, I, I hit them earlier when I talked about the third downs. Yeah, that's that, that, I mean, that was my biggest takeaway yeah. is how good he looked on third downs. That's fair. Uh, in general, you know, we've talked about keeping all of these guys happy, all of these offensive toys, these well-oiled machines. Deshaun Jackson, eight catches for 154 yards and two touchdowns. Zach Ertz, five catches for 54 yards. Alshon Jeffrey, five catches for 49 yards. 
Uh, and okay, so and and a rushing touchdown. So he had two touchdowns total. Uh, Sproles three for sixteen. Goddard just two for sixteen. Aguilar just two for eleven. Uh, so you know, we we thought that Aguilar might have a big game because they uh, Washington yeah. was bad against slot receivers, but that didn't turn out to be the Interesting case. Interesting nugget. Deshaun talking after the game and said said Nelson was down after the game, and uh, and Deshaun's like, you know, it's gonna be a different person every week. Next week it might be Nelson. He was he was down after the game, and I told him, keep your head up. It might be you next week. Uh, this goes to your point about the mouths of the feed, and yeah. Nelson Aguilar is in a contract year. Yes, so um, that's just know, something to he monitor. He was one of the very last people to speak in the locker room, and you know, put on a good face. He's mm-hmm. sort of good at. He's, he, he's probably not thrilled with Deshaun saying that, right? But he's yeah. sort of you know he's sort of good at. Um, yeah, he knows what to say. Acting, I think that what he thinks is the right way to act, even if he knows that that's not really what he feels. Um, but I'm sure that he's not. Ha- I mean, and he said he said those same things. Like it'll be a different person every week, and he's being asked a lot of questions about like how fun was it to watch Deshaun <laughs> yes. out there? Like, oh, yeah. I don't think that was that fun for him. Like, yeah, no, know. actually, so so there was a, 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 a I was saying a situation. There was it, it's not like when you put it that way, it seems like it's a bad thing. But there was an interview session during the spring. The first time Nelson talked this spring, and he was asked, like, is Deshaun the fastest person you've ever seen? And Nelson's like, seriously? And the person's like, yeah, like, Deshaun, he's right. not for his speed. And Nelson's like, come on, I'm fast too, you know? Right. He's like, yeah, I mean, I think he is. It's like, like, it's like an umbrage. Yeah. I think he takes umbrage at, like, yeah. all the Deshaun stuff. But, I mean, listen, you're not as good as him. <laughs> like, sorry. <laughs> if you could do what he could do, the offense would have been a lot better last year. Yeah, dude. so I have I have a uh, lunch bet with Elliot Shore Parks okay. about who has more receptions this year, uh, Deshaun or Nelson. And who, I thought I was like, Oh, you have Nelson? Yeah, and uh, I thought I was like, Well, you have high stepping to lunch here. Like I'm like, this is. Are you kidding me? Like right. Deshaun, ten targets today. Yeah, ten targets. Well, you've got injury priced into your bet. Hopefully, I mean not hopefully, but. Nelson but, Aguilar got tar- well. He got targeted five times actually, but didn't really get open much. So yeah, I mean the truth is that he has not been good. <laughs> but, but I'm sure Nelson plus. is is gonna love this quote from Carson afterwards, okay. where the third touchdown. Carson's like he was talking about the checking. He's like, he's like, it was, yeah, it was it was great. You have Nelson or you have Deshaun deep, and he's like, yeah, I threw it to Deshaun. You know, right. well, like well, because it was like if the safety had been a little bit yeah. towards the other side, yeah. he would have had. But it's like no, Nelson's like, probably. All right, well, great. Yeah. Like, can I get a, do I get like credit for that? Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think like, and we haven't talked about this. The Eagles guaranteeing Alshon Jeffries' twenty twenty contract yesterday. Yeah, how about that? So, like, need to see the terms. I do think that it's possible that uh, over the course of the season, Nelson Aguilar becomes a little bit discontented. Um, and Dallas Goddard also not a huge part of the offense today. Two catches for 16 yards. One thing that I, I will say is I was tracking throughout most of the game um, the, you know, just the different personnel groupings that the Eagles had. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they were doing a lot of mixing and matching. Mm-hmm. But, there, you know, there was not an overwhelming amount of 12 personnel. Uh, but what we did see much more than last year was just 11 personnel with Dallas Goddard in instead of Zach Ertz. I think Zach Ertz probably played – uh, lower percentage of snaps in this game than he has uh, played in a while. Yeah, I mean, I I can't wait till oh, I say I can't wait. Like, 
I'm going to be up at night waiting for this, but I'm looking forward to seeing the snap count I wouldn't tomorrow. be surprised if you're watching. I'm looking forward to seeing the snaps tomorrow morning, how how, the, how they were distributed. Um, I did think we were, we were going to see more Goddard, and uh, certainly Ertz was, was was not a focal point of this game plan. Uh, or No, I'm sure he was a focal point of the game plan. Mm-hmm. Was The ball was not going in his direction as, as often today. Um, but it might be Ertz week next week. We'll see. Yeah, that's fair. All right, so here's my, I guess here's my main question for you. Let's hear. By the way, I'm just, I have, I pulled this up in front of me because I was curious. New England, Sands, Antonio Brown is up 27-3 to right now over Pittsburgh. Your Super Bowl pick. They're doing this without Antonio. It's a long season. Just wait till they get Antonio. I mean, we can all only hope that Antonio Brown, like, brings that organization down in its entirety. I mean, we hope. Yeah, that'd be great. Are you kidding me? Starts whistleblowing on all the steroid stuff they do. Come on. Like, he's he's secretly filming them secretly filming. Kiss the ring, man. Come on, they earned it. What do you it. mean, kiss the ring? They earned it. Like, come on. What I'm do not, you mean? I'm not going to sit here and rip off. Like, Tom Brady's in- incredible. Bill Belichick's So incredible. what? Like, Have I'm a little not, fun. Punch sure. up. Yeah, but, like, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to knock that. They've, what, six Super Bowls? That's, they, they earned that. They earned it. Th- maybe. I mean, I'm not saying... Uh, they didn't come by them all honestly. I'm just saying. That the, the Open Patriots your eyes. Are, don't be a stooge. I'm not being a stooge. Don't, be, just, a, don't be a shill for Rogers League. Well, trust me, being a, like, like crediting the Patriots is not being a shill for Rogers League. I don't know about that. He's pretty scared of Robert Kraft. He never comes across, he never <laughs> comes across that bow. I'm just saying, like... I, you got to tip your cap sometimes. Like, Why? Tom Brady. I don't have to do anything. Tom Brady is one of the 20 best quarterbacks who has ever lived. Check yourself. Come on. What do you mean? One of the 20 you best. You disagree? You think, he's, you think he's below 20? I think he's the best. Mm, I don't agree with that. Like six Super Bowls. Six Super Bowls. What, 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 why do you care so much about, about like, the, the Super Bowl resume? Like, a Super Bowl winning head coach, you said the other day, for Sean Payton. Like, <laughs> yes. what about Mike McCarthy? Isn't that the point of playing? Yeah, but what about Mike McCarthy? Just because mm. you did it once doesn't mean that you get that sure. cachet forever. Well, you are a Super Bowl winning coach forever. You're literally... Yeah, but that doesn't mean you aren't, you are going to be good in perpetuity. It doesn't mean you're, you're, you're So, like, we can't criticize from... Doug Peterson because he won a Super Bowl once? But, like, look what the Patriots have done over the past two decades. Yeah, they've cheated a lot. They've like thumbed their nose up at everybody. They have, look, you know, had like the, look, uh, I, make I, America great again hats in their lockers all I the time. I had to spend a week covering the Patriots back in in two thousand and. They've written fawning letters to Jan- Donald Trump in January two thousand eleven. Um, I had to spend a week covering them, and it was brutal. Like I couldn't get anything out of that locker room. Yeah. Um. So you of all people. But it doesn't mean I don't Should respect. Harbor some like, Ill will. I, I really respect what, what they've accomplished. They, I have so much respect for what they've. Accomplished. You don't have to. You don't have to have respect for them. For what they've accomplished? Yeah. Hasn't it's not by they're thieves. They're they're up twenty seven three on the Steelers right now. Okay. So, anyways, that's all. Awesome. Who Let's scored go. their touchdowns? Uh, Philip Dorsett, Josh Gordon. Um. And then they have field goals. So that's a lot of field goals. 
Gostkowski has two field goals. 21 plus 6 is 27. You said... And they're up 27. Who scored? You, and actually, they just have another field goal. 30 you just told me, you told me Gordon and Dorsett. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Dorsett has two touchdowns. Oh, Dorsett has two yes. touchdowns. Okay. All right. Yeah. Back to, let's get back on topic here. So here's my question. Yes. Um, what is different about your opinion on the 2019 Eagles right now than it was 10 hours ago? Great question. Great, great question. What's different is, well, I thought Carson was going to have a big year. I mean, I'm, I'm sold on Carson. Uh, I'd be more concerned about their secondary than I was going into the game. Um, as I said at the top here, Washington's receivers, they have the worst pass-catching group in the NFL, especially when you take out uh, Jordan Reed, and there's no reason they should have had the passing yards they did. The Eagles what do you think Jordan Reed would have done to Andrew Sandejo on that play? Yeah. I don't know if he would have jumped as high, but um, uh, so changed my mind on that. I wrote the big midseason storyline is is going to be like why isn't Deshaun getting more touches? Because if you look at his recent history, he's he's not a volume guy, and I think and maybe I'm right. Maybe this is only going to kind of right. exacerbate. Am I saying that correctly? You're saying the word correctly. It's, I don't know if you're using it correctly yeah, until you finish the sentence. The excitement. About oh, Deshaun, yeah. okay, um, and and uh, and when he has like you know two targets or one catch or, or something, there's going to be this outcry. Why aren't you getting Deshaun more involved? He had two touchdowns in the opener, uh, but I'm kind of erring on the other side now. I, I think Deshaun in this offense is going to be lethal. I think if he's healthy, he's going to be a big part. He's going to be lethal. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that jumps out to me, and then. Uh, I guess the other thing I was wrong on is I thought after the preseason, Deshaun Hall was going to be their number four defensive end. Yeah, I mean that's low hanging fruit, but in terms of your overall thoughts on this, I'm not saying oh, I'm not saying I'm not saying Bo Wolf. It's not worth bringing it's, up. It's I'm not saying it's not worth bringing up. Thirty three. We're what like an hour into this podcast. Just fifty minutes. If you're listening right now, <laughs> you care no, no, no. about Deshaun Hall versus Of Joshua. course, of course. Like, I just don't think... If we were doing a Carson Wentz podcast, that, we would have finished that I just a half hour don't ago. think that Deshaun Hall okay. should, should change your opinion of the team's uh, No, no, no. Trajectory. You're just saying... Well, I thought you were saying what, what changed, about the Eagles. Yeah. That's just okay, changed. so that means... Those are three things So I take that as not much has changed for you. No, I mean, the, the secondary could be a big thing, but... Okay. No, other than that. I tweeted, I don't know if you agree with this. If the Malik Jackson injury is significant. Well, we know you think that's a big deal. Yeah. 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 We'll see. So declarative. I, uh, I, I, asked Matt, I asked Malik afterwards how he's doing. and you know, He had the boot on. He said, I don't know, man. That's we'll football. see. Pray for me. So we'll see. Oh, he said, pray yeah. for me. Yeah. Oh, okay. So. Um, well, I mean, I hope, I hope it's not a foot injury because uh, you know, I hope he doesn't have what Jalen Mills got. But I was going to say, uh, I, I, I tweeted to you, I, I think the first half of this game convinced me that if Jalen Mills is ever healthy again, he becomes a starter basically right away. Yeah, I don't know that yet. You don't agree? I think Sidney Jones is <laughs> taking a shot here. I'm still You're sticking with Sydney. I'm still sticking with Sydney. That with has Sydney. to have your opinion of Sydney has to have changed the fact that he wasn't given a starting job in this game. Yeah, abs- absolutely. That changed. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, my concern for the pass rush, specifically the edge rush, uh, I think my first yawn. I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I think was was maybe turned down a little bit 
in the lead up to this game, but all offseason that was my biggest concern about the team, and yeah. I think it is now actually pushed more to the forefront uh, than it was before. I think I think that is the biggest weakness. Yeah, right I now. agree with you there. I agree wholeheartedly. If if you're only getting one sack, and it's from Tim Jernigan against a defensive, oh, I'm sorry, against an offensive line that starts Eric Flowers at left guard, Donald Penn at left tackle. It's not good enough. Not good enough. Not good enough. Now they were playing from behind for a good chunk of the game, and they did sell out to set they stopped the run. But you still need to get to the quarterback. Yeah, I mean Case Keenum dropped back. He dropped back forty five times. Well, dropped back forty six times because you include the sack. Dropped back forty six times was brought down once. Um, in terms of quarterback hits that the Eagles had, there were seven total quarterback hits. Derek Barnett had three. So that's a good sign. Fletcher Cox had two. Jernigan had one, which was the sack. And Ridgeway had one. Yeah, that was a nice play by him, actually. Yeah. Brandon Graham did not hit the quarterback once. Uh, a lot of people sending me the clip of uh, Kirk Cousins' touchdown celebration in which he introduced uh, what I'm calling the Melvin Shuffle. <laughs> Everybody dance like you got a jar of meanies for free. <laughs> Your uh, your fans love you, man. <laughs> that feeling when you turn on TBS in the hotel room and the office is on. <laughs> Woo! I love the office, so I'm, I'm an office fanatic too. Uh, okay, your your best line of the day, I thought. Ah, uh, let's hear. Came uh, at four ten p.m. when. They they showed Jeffrey Lurie on the screen here at Lincoln Financial Field, <laughs> and and everybody wished him happy birthday. And uh, just as he was standing <laughs> up, just as he was about to stand up and take a sort of a bow, they cut away. And so they, you know, he stood up for nothing, which we thought was funny. And you just said that guy's getting fired. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry to say that. Um, I shouldn't joke about someone else's job like that. No, but that was funny. You know, you don't actually. You didn't wish him to get fired. But Jeffrey Lurie, I should happy point birthday. This, yeah, and I should point this out. I, I tweeted this before the game, but I, I, I just think it's, I just think it's interesting and worth mentioning that Jeffrey Lurie oh, turned me. sixty-eight today. Bought the team for a then record one hundred eighty-five million in nineteen ninety-four at the age of forty-two. As Jeffrey's told me in the past, the Wall Street Journal panned that purchase. He said on the front page, I think, but. I I don't know. If, okay. I don't know if that's a one on the journal or what not. Do you, what, what reason do you have to doubt him? I I, I don't. I, I I don't. It's just that's that's interesting. That's front page news. But no, I'm I'm taking that as a, or maybe I heard him incorrectly. Um, anyways, the franchise has since added a stadium, a practice facility, and a Lombardi Trophy. He's been to the Super Bowl or he's been to the playoffs fourteen times, Super Bowl twice. Fourteen Forbes, times is a lot of playoff yeah. appearances. Forbes' latest valuation of the team. $3.05 billion. A good return on investment? Yeah, now, yeah. Now, I mean, there's... Thank you, Roger. I don't know what, what like, the S&P's been over, over that time, but right. I, I, I got to imagine this is a worthwhile investment. I would imagine so. Uh, that reminds me of two things. One, uh, got to be the worst halftime show I've ever seen. Uh, it was, the like, the painting guy, the upside-down painting guy. <laughs> yes. But it was, like, he, it was just an eagle... And it was a, a, it was with blue colors, <laughs> right, not so even I, eagles so, green. So, so, so now that you bring this up, I was going to make a comment at halftime about this. 
And it wasn't they, exciting. They it was nothing guy, interesting. I don't know if it was the same guy or if it was the same thing at Carson's um, softball yeah, game. Yeah. But he, he sang the national anthem when he did it. Yeah. And, which it was, is like, and it was the Iwo Jima thing. And he does like the, he yeah, does the no, flag. So, it's so like he all these doing different pretty it, colors. He was like, doing it during the national anthem. He was singing right, the national anthem. Right, right, right. right. He was I don't singing. think it's the same guy. No, no, but the guy was singing it, correct? At Carson Wentz. At Carson, yes. Who's singing? Yeah, that guy you can see on YouTube. Like that guy's pretty good. That's I, I remember saying that's really talented. Well, I had seen it before, so it didn't catch me by surprise. Okay. But that guy's good. I've been to Sixers games where I've, I've seen them do it. This was uh, this guy was it was awful. But he wasn't at, even on the he wasn't yeah, even so, on the field. So at, it was just a screen yeah, in a tunnel yeah, somewhere. Yeah. There was no interaction. It was, there was no surprise when he flipped yeah. it over. It wasn't a cool yeah. picture. It was like it was blue, not green. It was yeah. blue, not green. Yeah, no, what so, was the point? So so at the Sixers game when I saw the guy do it, it was the worst he thing was I've like seen. the guy was like jumping around and doing all this like all these theatrics right. and it's like so he's he's painting while he's doing the other stuff and it you're like all right. I didn't even have a mic. He wasn't even talking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who was that supposed to excite? But by the way, I, I just want to make a comment too. All right. I, I'm, I'm okay. going to sound like, actually, I don't even think this is an old man take. This is just like a reasonable person take, in my opinion. Do you really need a halftime show at a football game? Because it's not like, you know. Well, there are also a lot of like, uh, you know, like uh, fan quiz things during this game that I, th- I don't think they had last year. Well, I, and I think, think those are a little bit of. I, I think a halftime show is different because there's like something to do. That stuff I thought was out of place. No, no I think like, I think in, in, in 2019. Yeah. Um, what about an Oklahoma drill with fans? <laughs> yeah, no, so I would just have kids playing out there, okay? Like, yeah, I, I'm in on that. Yeah, yeah I would that do that. That sounds great. Like, in 2019, Although I guess people have their the own field, form of entertainment. Like, like if, if, yeah, they're not, true. if they're not getting up to, to, to get a pretzel or a beer right. or, or go to the bathroom, they're probably on their phones. Looking yeah, at their fantasy scores or or, yeah, or their I think that's probably right. games, like you you don't need to have a guy painting. That just, guy was awful. Just have <laughs> in, in. I just in, don't understand what the point even was. And, and the other thing is, if if you have a bunch of like eight year olds playing out here, yeah, that's fun. It's fun. It's like the it's a lifetime memory. Yeah, you're for giving these them guys. the thrill of a lifetime. Yeah, and you're bound to have something entertaining. You know, like right. you have a guy who gets decked or something yeah, like yeah. that. Um, you love you love eight year olds just getting wiped out, huh? Jacked up. <laughs> I mean, I'm a football guy. Z Berm's jacked up. <laughs> but uh, no, I I don't understand why you need. It. I've always wondered, like, and I I go to Sixers games during uh, the Eagles off season. And Good they, for you. And Must they, be nice. They go to Sixers games. Yeah, <laughs> it's very nice. I love I love the NBA. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's very nice, <laughs> and uh, and they'll have like halftime shows. And I'm right. always thinking, like, oh well, uh, I love the the yeah. Red Panda from my time yeah. away for us. She's great. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, this was like uh, whatever they paid that guy, they paid him too much. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then speaking of uh, like interesting color decisions, what do you make of this lime green that's all over the stadium? Yeah, you and I spoke about it. I, I was surprised. We're seeing it a lot more in – so this isn't relevant to, like, fans, but, like, the material they give us. But what is relevant to fans is, like, you go to the team website. Yeah. Um, you see a lot more lime green. Uh, it's really – in, and just as you look here, the – All over the field. It's all over the field. It was all over the graphics. Yeah. Um, their uh, rally video had, like, yeah. uh, lime green. Um, I don't love it with the – you know, it's it certainly weird, certainly stands out. Yeah, it, it's definitely flashy. And it's, I'm uh, curious about the decision making behind it. I am too. I mean, I don't know, but um, 
I thought they'd go to Kelly Green before they went to Lime Green. Well, that's certainly what fans have been clamoring for. So I'm actually interested to hear what fans' fans reaction is. I think, you know, so so right here it shows that you're willing to mix green with green. Right. So if you put Kelly Green in place where the lime green is, you can satisfy both demands. Pops a little bit less, I'm sure, is what they're thinking. Certainly pops a little less, but... Are you? Do you really? I mean, I, I guess autism here is in lime green. You want that to pop? The Eagles announced today they started the Eagles Autism Foundation, right. so you want that to pop when they score. But I think you can go Kelly green. I don't know, or I would just go black. Yeah, that's classy. Midnight green, black know. and white. I don't know. I don't love the. I don't love the Eagles black jerseys. You know what? Yeah. So, so this is a look that's on like NFL sidelines, and and, and Doug had it too. Uh, where like the white hat, the white, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw it the other night where it was like it feels preseasony. It just it feels like they had like the white logo on the white hat the other night. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Was that what Doug was into? He was in. He was in like the white. Was he in that today? I didn't really see him. He was in a white visor. Um, yeah. Okay. Anything else you have to get off your chest? No, we're we're uh, we're really going deep here. Yeah, I've still got some writing to do. Yeah, oh. no, I'm I'm um, I'm good. Okay, <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. So just to recap your week, <laughs> uh, Sidney Jones didn't start. Yes. Adam Gase lost the opener. I'm not an Adam Gase guy. Chip Kelly scored yeah. 14 points at home against San Diego State. Yeah, I think it was 13. And actually, Malik Jackson it? left the game and uh, left the stadium in a walking boot. <laughs> yeah, seriously. seriously. All right, you wrote a you wrote a good story tonight. That's that's all that matters, right? You haven't read it yet. You don't know if it's good. I believe that it is. You, some it's of the great. nuggets you dropped during this podcast. Yeah, but I think, good, I think it's good details. Look, I'm, I'm, good. look, I mean, so after 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 these games, when I'm going to do a certain number of observations, reported observations, not like, I mean, I guess our practice observations are reported, but but these are more like I go down to the locker room. Sure, and I'm talking Flushed to out. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm not making these like, um, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm putting thought into how I'm crafting it, but I'm not, I'm writing it more to kind of mm-hmm. get these points across. Like I, I'll have a feature each, each, each week where I hope to kind of flex my writing muscles a bit, but okay. I don't think the, the, uh, actually one of the things I was looking forward to in, in coming to the athletic is like covering games a little differently is, is, is you can write a little more analytical and yeah, so. So that's uh, that's more what, 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 what this is. Yes. Okay, that's exciting. So I have seven observations off off these game off off this game, uh, and that when you listen to this podcast, it should be online. How's your ping pong game? Um, how's my ping pong game? Um, okay, <laughs> this is an odd question. It's I don't think it's very good actually. I haven't no? played, I haven't played ping pong in years. Uh, mm. When I was in in college, I used to play ping pong a bit. Um, I haven't played ping pong in years. Okay. Yeah. Went to uh, went to uh, my brother's birthday party last night in Washington, Very nice. D.C. What part of Washington? Uh, the at the Spin. I've heard about it, yeah. Uh, which is they have uh, that in Philly. They do have it in Philly. It's on Fifteenth Street. I think? That's where uh, Rodney McLeod's Halloween party was a couple years ago. Did you go? I did go. You did. And, uh, yes. For and sure. Jeffrey was wearing a full like Joker mask. It was uh, very interesting. Everybody was dressed up. Did you go for a story? I did, and that story never ended up getting written. Oh. Getting written, so mm. it's okay. But it gave me a, a, a lifelong uh, bond with my doubles partner, Kenyon Barner. Oh, you played? I played a little bit, yeah. Really? Yeah, I was the best player there. I would take you. Wait, wait, wait you played doubles ping pong? Yeah. That's a thing. 
Yeah, I mean, how there's a lot of people waiting for a tail, but you got to you have to alternate shots. It's not like side to side like tennis. It's you have to alternate shots. Oh, okay. All right, as you said that. All right, all right. I can see that. Yeah. And you were teamed up with 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 Kenya. Yeah. And who'd you play against? Well, it wasn't like a tournament. They just we happened to be like playing together for a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I was the best one there. So I never knew this. So throughout the rest of the season, were you and Kenyon tight about like ping pong? Like, would you? No, I mean, you know, when he saw you in the no, locker, there's a knowing nod. You know, when he saw you in the locker room, would he bring that up to you? Uh, I think it was understood. So back, yeah. So, so back when I covered the Giants, um, I used to. This isn't the ping pong story, but I used to always every Tuesday, like the Giants were off. That was the players' day off. Mm-hmm. And I how did Eli do tonight? By the way, I haven't checked. I, I've been writing. Yeah. Um, and, uh, the Giants were all, and I would go to a player's, like, charity event, Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and, like, some of them, like, like, Justin Tucks were, like, really well done, and I'm I'm sure he appreciated you going, but, like, it was, you know, he was, he was such a professional in the locker room anyways, but, but then there was, like, some, like, lesser-known guys who, or, and... So, so they'll be I, I very to, appreciative. I, I went or or very pretty, but like you just like bond with them, so to speak, mm-hmm. or sit with them. And so Jason Pierre Paul, who was who was a rookie then, but did like um like a canned food drive at like a local grocery store. Okay. Um, and it was just it was like a it was like a Tuesday at like one o'clock. Right. Okay. So you're not getting like fans, you know, like you're not bringing your kids <laughs> to. You know, like, I remember Justin Tux was like a shopping mall at like seven o'clock on a Tuesday, right. and, and so a lot of people came. Right. This was like literally, it was just a grocery store at one o'clock on a Tuesday. I like that. And so you have sounds like fireworks. So whoever's doing the grocery shopping at it, at, at Tuesdays are, are the ones there, and they're supposed to right. like buy canned foods to to like donate. And so I was just I just remember sitting with Jason Pierre Paul for like an hour and a half, mm-hmm. and then for the rest of the year in that locker room, I was like. I was that random guy who sat with him at this right. uh, at this drive. So I, I I didn't know if that's how you and Kenyon Barner were for the rest of the year. Oh well, yeah. I mean, it was more more of a more of a, a knowing nod. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, he knew. Uh, so anyway, uh, shout out to my brother. His birthday. Oh yeah, sorry about turning that. turning thirty. Uh, Happy birthday! Definitely a fan of the show. Is he a listener? Of course. Okay. What's he uh, think of the new dynamic? Uh, he likes you. Oh, I appreciate he that. He likes you. Okay, yeah. thank you. Uh, he's a fan. I appreciate that. Um, and it was also my sister's birthday last week, so shout out to, shout out to, oh. uh, to them as well. Have a birthday. Uh, we also had, a, had a, uh, a listener recognize me last night, and uh, I guess they were there for a bachelor party. One of the guys really? list, uh, recognized me and came over and said hello. I think his name was Aaron. So shout out to Aaron. He, he wanted to know where Sheila was. Gotcha. So. I had a... I I was walking um, down the street. Actually, I'm not even gonna tell the story. You have to. You <laughs> started. Yeah. You must finish. Yeah. Um, so so I I I I had what I hoped was like a, a reader interaction mm-hmm. um, the other day. Uh, well, not the other day. Yesterday, um, where I'm, I'm walking on South Street, and I have a guy who was really nice, and he's like he's like Zach Berman. Um, I'm like yeah. He's like you know we talked about the game. He's like I lo- I love your stuff. You know, you're so good on Philly Sports Talk or something like that. And I, 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 no, I, I shouldn't phrase it like that. I watch you on Philly Sports Talk. Right, I don't right. want to say he, he said, hey, say it what like he that. said. Well, um, but in any event, like, to get the quote right. Like they canceled that show <laughs> like, like uh, six months ago. Right. So he's not up to date. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean I, I haven't been on the oh, show right, in six yeah. months, so right. it's like I want to say I hope you subscribe to the Athletic. Right. You know. Um, 
So uh, that was he. I, I don't know if he listens to this show. Well, ho- hopefully he does. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but anyway, my brother beat me in ping pong. He's 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 the king of the king of the hill. Congratulations. I have a very uh, ping pong is like he's uh, younger though. He's more agile. I bet. He's he's much more consistent. Okay. Uh, whereas, uh, you know, I. I, I have played a level of ping pong at such a high level that few people could ever match. But having played at that level, uh, I get in my head, and if I don't have it immediately, uh, I, I totally get in my own head. And, and you know, to have to have uh, flown to the stars and be earthbound is uh, you know heartbreaking. So you have a is now now will you play him again? Or like, yeah, we'll play again. I mean, you know, he's he's very good. We we go we go back and gotcha. forth. I always think over, that John Elway story where John Elway lost in pool and then he sold the pool table because he couldn't bear the sight of it. Mm. Well, I'm I'm probably um, more mentally stable than John Elway. <laughs> I don't know that Jake. John Elway is a two time Super Bowl winner, by the way. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> It's a good way to end the show. Okay, that is good. <laughs> All right, uh, so we've got Doug Peterson tomorrow, uh, and then a rest uh, of the week of regular availability before the Eagles go to Atlanta next Sunday night for Sunday Night Football. What's our podcast schedule this week? I think we'll be Tuesday, Friday. Great. And then Sunday. That's going to be a late one. We probably yes. won't be going an hour and a, an hour and fifteen minutes on that podcast. No, no, I I have I think it's like a, a five forty five or six a.m. flight the next mm, morning. You might not be going to the hotel. <laughs> you might be just going to get your stuff and maybe maybe a quick shower if you're lucky. <laughs> oh joy! Okay, it's wonderful. <laughs> All right, uh, that'll do it for this episode of Birds with Friends. The Eagles start the season off with a thud, but then a second half bang, and they are one and zero as they uh, head to Atlanta. Thank you for listening. For Zach and Sheil, I can't wait to hear what Sheil's first day watching football yeah, in his basement and his boxers laying back. I, I bet he was close. Can't I wait to hear what, this was, what yeah. this was like for him. Yeah. No, I'm curious, we'll too. See. He's got a lot of thoughts. He's got I can't crumbs wait he, all over his body. I can't wait to hear what he thinks of this podcast. Yeah, well, he I think he's, 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 he's going to laugh at one particular moment in here. Where I was like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. And you're like, how's your ping pong game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he knows how that goes. Okay. Uh, for Zach and Sheil, I'm Bo. And as always, we love you. friends